Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me. As always, you know Zach from rebelgrove.com, also redcuprebellion.com. We'll talk uh, recruiting rankings, Malachi Bennett, Trey Washington, COVID impacts, and more here on this show today. Uh, first, let me tell you about Dead Soxie. They have been the title sponsor of this podcast for a while now. We appreciate them. And you can show your appreciation by going to deadsoxy.com. The Dead Soxie discounts are back. While some prices may have risen on the website, the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts and rebelgrove.com subscribers will always have access to the best Dead Soxie discounts available. So use the promo code rebelgrove at checkout. Get 30% off the best dress socks you'll ever put on. You were on the fence about getting your kids a pair of the limited edition socks before they hopefully go back to school. Use promo code Rebel Grove. That's uh, Rebel Grove, one word, and get a pair for you and uh, your child will love them. They're under five dollars. Shutdown deals with the promo code combination are available in select styles as well. So go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, and make your day a soxy one. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is entirely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I do and what I would suggest that you do, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the vehicle. You'll love the service. You'll love everything about dealing with Clark Ford. Trust me, I've done it a bunch now with uh, three different vehicles. So nothing but uh, great experiences, and I think you'll experience the exact same thing. You can start finding out when you make the call. 662-257-1900 is that number. And uh, without further ado, I welcome in Mr. Uh, Barry to the program. Zach, how are you? Neil, doing well. It is uh, a lovely day here in Nashville. Um, I feel like we always talk, uh, weather when we start, which, you know, that can be part of our brand. Right now, as it is 10, 16 AM, uh, central time. Yes, it is. Uh, and I might've messed up a little audio there for a moment. If I did, please forgive me. I went, uh, Carson had soccer yesterday, Zach, along those lines. Like you mentioned, you, we're taping in the morning, as you just said, because you might go play golf a little later today, which, man, take, a, <laughs> t- take an ice bath with you. Carson had soccer yesterday at 5.30 until 7 out at the uh, – I don't even know who the sponsor is. Now, M-Trade, I think, M-Trade Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oxford's done a beautiful job, like a lot of towns have, with – a baseball, softball, and soccer complex. The soccer fields are just fantastic. And there is a loop that goes around the soccer field. Um, each each loop is about 
eighty-five hundredths of a mile, uh-huh. and it has a a total incline of seven feet, so it's very flat. And I said, well, I'd already peloton during the day, and I'm gonna go run. And so I decided that I was going to do my one-hour run that I've been doing for a while now. I've got three or four different Peloton hour runs that I do. and So I pulled up my, my, my run with Robin Arzon, and um, uh, I got started. I don't know what the temperature was. I'm going to guess it was about 117. Um, no, really, it was probably upper 80s, but the humidity was so bad. And I was fine, man, for about four miles. And then I was crashing, and I was yeah. I mean, th- those last, the last two miles. I went and looked at it on my analytics. It was hilarious. I was running eight and a half minute miles, and by the last mile, I was running almost an eleven minute mile. I just couldn't. I couldn't move at that pace anymore. And if if I'd had to run another mile, I don't think I could have. The the heat and the humidity, the combination just. And I mean, I realize that I'm 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 not an elite athlete, but. It just tells you when, like, when people, what, what made me think about it, Zach, was remember early in the whole COVID thing when people were like, man, don't move the schedule back, move it forward. Let's play in June and July. I'm like, dude, huh. no way. That's, <laughs> no chance. That's rich. Yeah. I remember people saying that. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you couldn't play. I don't care how in shape the athletes are. You couldn't play yeah. a college football game in the middle of July in the Deep South. They, COVID would be the least of people's concerns. I mean, guys would drop like flies. I was going to say, maybe if you had every single football team play their games in Denver, yeah, maybe it could work. Um, But absolutely not. Are you playing an 11 a.m. kick in Oxford or Auburn or Fayetteville in July? That is insane. But I mean, Dangerous. I was running. At, I was running at six p.m. You know, uh, Neil. As you know, I said that. You know, whoever said that said that that was rich. Um, speaking of rich, I do want to get this out of the way because I am very jealous. Uh, we were talking before we started about how it's kind of hard right now with you know sports are kind of in limbo up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen. There's a uh, you know folks like us that work in the the journalism arena are struggling to find things to uh, discuss and write about. And, um, you know, it's hard to, to give the, the subscribers, the readers, the folks at home, what they want because they, they need this escape. Um, you know, as rich as that was to move the schedule up, I, I do want to, um, you know, segue from talking about one thing that is rich to another thing and just applaud uh, one Jeffrey Wright because he has tons of material now because uh, Musa Sise committed to Memphis. Um, so big ups to Jeffrey. He can talk about that until probably January, even if they don't have basketball. And Memphis fans will eat it up and they'll love it because Musa is very good at uh, basketball and uh, that's a big deal for them. Yeah, he he is, and there's there's a lot of James Wiseman. Type ties tie-ins there that that could repeat itself. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that Mike Miller took a high school job in in Memphis. I believe very it was, interesting. It was yesterday. <laughs> it's very al- interesting. It's almost like Mike thinks you know I probably ought to stay in town. There might be an opening soon. 
Um, Could be. <laughs> it, hel- it helps us. It helps us two kids go to that school. Yeah, I get. Um, yeah, I get yeah. not wanting to uproot your family, but yeah, yeah. Could, yeah there could was be just something. There was just a lot there. There was. <laughs> yeah, um, there was a lot there. Neil, I, I tried to find it to post on the board, um, and I I can't find it. I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was an actual video. Um, I, I need to try to find it. But look, if, if, we're, if and trust me, folks, we're we're staying with recruiting here. Um, as excited as people should be because of his scoring ability and his quickness and ability to get to the basket, um, Ole Miss fans should be super pumped about Deshaun Ruffin because the guy's fearless. Uh, in a game against Lausanne, he tried to dunk on Musa Cisse. I mean, just, I got to find it. It clearly did not work because Deshaun on his best day is 5'10 and, and Musa is 7 feet. Um, it didn't work out for Deshaun, but uh, I, I do appreciate um, the confidence and the swagger to try to dunk on a 7-footer who I think blocked 25 shots in one high school game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's good for Jeffrey, good for the city of Memphis to uh, to get a five star like uh, like Mister Cisse. Yeah, I, the one thing I've heard about Ruffin is that there is no lack of confidence ever at all. He's just one of those guys who, when he hits the floor, he thinks he's the best player on the floor. And and a lot of times that's, I mean, that can be a detriment. But I don't know if you're a guy like him and you're a five foot ten point guard. That's probably the way to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I and mean, that's I, I I think and look, obviously, hear me out, people. He's he's got a lot of that he so Deshaun is not very flamboyant. He does he's not a you know, he's not a talker. Um <clears throat> got a lot of John Morant in him where it's it's I'm gonna let my oh, play yeah. talk it, for me. And you know who John Morant has a lot of in him? There's a little lineage here that you can start to see. Russell, absolutely, yeah. You Russell's know, a little more outspoken, but I see it a lot. The similarity. Not on the floor, he's not. Not on the floor, he's not. If, oh, I, I meant outspoken with his wardrobe. Sorry. I oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, that's <laughs> a, yeah, that's a that's kind of a, a Westbrook. As someone who lives in a house with a a thirteen year old who will defend. I mean, don't walk into this house and take a shot at Russell Westbrook without being prepared for a fight. <laughs> Hey, I love me some some Russ. But, you know, when you watch Russ as much as we have watched Russ over the last, God, I mean, what, 12 years? To eight years, nine years? When you, when you watch him that long, you realize that so much of his game is between his ears. So much mm-hmm. of his game is the chip on his shoulder. People talk about his athleticism. And, and yes, he's, he's an elite athlete, as is John Morant, uh, as is Deshaun Ruffin, and I'm not putting Deshaun Ruffin in the John Morant, Russell Westbrook category, and putting that sort of pressure on a 17 year old boy. I just won't do it. But, but, but that mentality is, it's uh, it's you you can't channel that. You know, you uh, in in my run, I'll I'll, I'll tie all this in together. It's a funny thing. Robin Arzon, who's the instructor for Peloton, who does a lot of the, the guided runs or whatever, she'll does do a lot of motivational stuff in addition to the music and whatever, and she'll say things like, you know, you can't buy the finish line. You, 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 and, and, and she's right. You know, you, you can't, you can't buy endorphins. You can't go to the store and buy endorphins. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't go, you can't, no one, there's no, there's no coach or, or trainer 
who can instill in you a mentality like a Westbrook has on the floor, like a Morant has on the floor. That that chip on the shoulder, you you can't go to the store and buy that and, and just stick it on your shoulder. You have to you have to come up with that, and very few people actually can do it. And what separates, in my opinion, Westbrook and and Morant, and I think Morant has a lot of Westbrook in him, a lot, a lot, a whole lot. Um, I think what separates them is their ability, night after night after night, day after day after day, to have that chip on their shoulder. Some guys have it certain days, and then it disappears. And then it comes back, and then it disappears. Man, when you play, when you play the in this case the Rockets, or when you play the Grizzlies, and Westbrook or and and, and Morant respectively are, are on the floor, you know what you're getting that night, every night. There is no off night. You're getting it every single night. You're getting that just absolute bulldog. He's coming at you the whole time, and. That's what people say about about Ruffin, and and now he's got this chip on his shoulder from kind of getting shunned a little bit on the recruiting trail. And I look forward to watching him play. He's one of those guys that um, I'll be thrilled for a lot of reasons when basketball comes back. But but I, I look forward to seeing him play, and I think he's got a real chance to be a a major contributor at the college level and talking to to scouting people. Uh, um, not just people at Ole Miss, but people around the league who looked at him and evaluated him and recruited him. They 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 agree with me. They think his upside, especially at the college level, is really really high. I think if I, <clears throat> in my opinion, I think it's probably easier for a coach to dial it back than to crank it up. Yeah. Um. It's it's I had. Uh, my uh, my dad used to always say, uh, "I can't want it more than you." Like just in general, talking to you know people like you know in baseball, football, because he would he coached me, and when he he would say it to people all the time, like if I want it more than you, then we're in trouble. And yeah, I think Kermit is, is totally fine with with having to tell Deshaun, "Hey, let's let's dial it back a bit. Let's uh, let's not try to dunk on the six ten guy. Let's uh." Let's 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 drive and dish it to someone for an easy bunny. Um, yeah, I think he would much rather do that than just be imploring him to have some some confidence or some swagger. A few uh, little COVID updates today as we get started. We'll we'll talk a lot of things beyond COVID, but I think I think it's disingenuous at this point where we are today on July the sixteenth to not mention COVID on a sports related podcast because sports are being absolutely dictated by covid couple of things the big east has canceled all non-conference fall sports contest in men's and women's soccer volleyball cross country and field hockey i think you're going to see more of this conference only thing happen over the next two weeks all over the place my personal opinion is you're going to see it in the sec but um, we'll see some people push back some good news oklahoma on uh, July the 15th, so that would have been on Wednesday, Zach, they tested 98 football players, mm-hmm. uh, a total of zero. There you go. Tested positive. That's good. Uh, among players now, 16 Oklahoma players have recovered from uh, from coronavirus. Let's see. There was another school that I saw, and I'm trying to find it now, and I know this is not good podcasting. But I only have That's fine. only have one phone, and so sometimes it's a little hard to um, 
it's a little hard to uh, to find it. Anyway, there was another school that had about a hundred tests. It was another Power Five school, and I can't find it now. But they had also zero positives. So that's great Good news. That's great yeah. news. It's great news. And when people try to say it's it can't be there's no way it's good news it, it is good news now there's a lot of stuff that has to happen between now and in my opinion about august 2nd or 3rd for uh for, for, for us to get the news that we're all praying for and hoping for but um yeah so good news in oklahoma and i can't find the other school but there's another school that also released that they had zero positives after about about 100 tests so that's it does show you that the protocols work. Mm-hmm. It shows you the protocols work. Um, I'm not naive. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that that uh, that when all the kids come back to campus that it's not going to be a problem because I think it could be. But one of the things that I think, if if there is a season, a lot of the people that criticized the return in June said, hey, why are they coming back so soon? The one thing that we'll be able to say, and I don't think we'll be able to like brag about this because I don't think this was the intended consequence. The one thing that happened when the kids came back in early June, when they all went crazy, like at LSU, for example, and they all went and partied at Tigerland, um, they went ahead and got enough neg- enough positive cases and enough lessons to be taught where the kids had to take it seriously. Where the kids said, "Okay, I, I I can't I can't do all the stuff that I would normally do if we're going to have a season," and from all accounts, and I've talked to people at multiple programs, the kids are much better behaved in July than they were in June. From a, and I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean they're not they're not having poker parties. Uh, they're not having thirty guys hang out at one apartment and play pokers and, and and pass a bottle around. They they've realized that that's that's a surefire way to screw it up. No, that's good. I, I love good. I love good news. I I personally prefer it. Uh, I do not care for for bad news. No, no. It's. I mean, we're all cheering for the same thing. I mean, I think we all have different opinions as to what's going to happen and 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 how it's going to happen and if it can happen. I mean, I'm reading a Dave Matter column. I know Dave. Dave's with St. Louis Post Dispatch. And his tweet says the college football season is down to a Hail Mary. Here's my column, blah, blah, blah. I don't know that it's a Hail Mary, but it's it's like fourth and 22 right now. I mean, it's it's not good. But, you you know, you can convert. There's not, a, you, not, not fourth and 25? Yeah, I just decided not to throw that at people. <laughs> it's fourth and 22, fourth and 21. I mean, you've got to play in the playbook for this. You've got a 22-yard play in the playbook, but, you know, you don't – you'd rather – You'd rather have second and six than you would fourth and twenty-two. There's no question about that, and and, and we're past that. We're it is at we're, at best it is third and very long. I think it's fourth down and long, but at at best it's third and twenty-seven. You can get it in two plays, but you don't have. I mean, you can't get a holding call right now. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you you've got. If it's going to be third down, it's third and a very long distance, and you you don't have any timeouts left, and you've you've got to get something out of this third down play to have a shot to have a real shot on fourth down, or it will be a hail mary. So that might be what what Dave is 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 referencing when he says that. Um, that's certainly a possibility. All right, let's let's talk some recruiting. I have a question for you. 
Okay. If if I were an Ole Miss fan here on July the 16th, I don't have the rankings in front of me, but I know they're not particularly good. I got them. I okay. Got if if I had the rankings in front of me and you do, so I think Ole Miss is like 80-something in, in rivals right now. Is that right? They're 82. Okay, 82 in rivals and with a spirit of full disclosure, uh, the 24-7 rankings, they're probably – 70 something 60 something yeah i'd have to pull it up to look hold on it's my feeling that that particular network manipulates rankings in a different way than we do i'm no, not no, saying they're 80 they're 84 okay so 82 over in, there 82 in rivals yeah. 84 in, in the 247 if i were an old miss fan i would think oh that's not good and if i yeah. were talking to someone like zach barry who covers recruiting covers Ole Miss recruiting, I might say to you, should I be concerned? I know it's just July. I know there's been a pandemic. I know there's been a dead period that has lasted forever. But should I be concerned? So this isn't sunshine or red and blue glasses or whatever everybody likes to say. Um, It's not me being a homer. Um, I would lean towards not panicking right now. But I will preface this, Neil. 82 is not good. Um, I actually, this is funny that you are that you brought this up on the show because yet last night I was working diligently, um, working some math, doing some, uh, some equations, and I found out that uh, being ranked low is not good. Being ranked high is, is good. Um, so 82 is not great, but uh, as we've talked about on this show before, as I've mentioned on the board, and as I've told uh, uh, other people countless times, pay attention to the star, ra- the average star rating. That's the that's the first thing, because we've discussed it here. This staff is not just going to take bodies. Now it's July. We're almost to August. If they're still sitting at seven commits, you know, in November. Yeah, they're probably going to start taking bodies, but I don't think that it's going to be. I don't think they're going to be sitting at seven commitments in November. I think they're starting to chip away at some of the the evaluations that they've made, some uh, guys that they have pinpointed that who they uh, who they want for this class. I think they're they're starting to push at some kids a little bit and say, hey, you know, if you want that spot, it's it's about that time. So, um, average star rating is the first thing I point to. Uh, the highest rated commit in the class is Braylon Brown, the wide receiver from Florida. He's a 5.9. Uh, I think if, uh, if if there were actual – now, I know they're having some camps here and there. I know that Woody and, and, and some of the guys, Chad's been out there on the road. They're, they're having camps in certain places. But Braylon Brown's a guy that really just – it sucks for him that he w- didn't have a chance to go to the opening. He didn't have a chance to compete there because um, I think that he could flirt with five-star status. I think he's that good. Um, but then you got to also look at the offer sheet. So average star rating is the first thing. Offer sheet's the second thing, I'd say. A guy like Kendrick Breedlove, the uh, DB out of Nashville, um, 5.73 star. We talk about those guys a lot. Guys got offers from Auburn, Baylor, Georgia, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, A&M, Bandy. That checks a box right there, all right? Offers, we're good there, all right? Um, DeMarco Williams, DB out of Atlanta, another commit, another guy offers from Arkansas, Florida State, Kentucky, Maryland, 
um, Minnesota, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee. These are all offers. These are all coaching staffs that I think are um, really good to elite evaluators of talent. And um, DeMarco has offers from them. So I know there's all the questions. Oh, they're committable offers. I'll tell you this, and Neil, you can you can back me up here because you work for the company as well. They are doing a much better job of, of vetting offers, whether they are legitimate or not now on the site. Um, I would contest that if it is at, if it has been added to a prospect's profile, then it is a legitimate committable offer. Um, yes, I get lots of emails asking to verify offers, mm-hmm. and it's – uh, yeah. Yeah. So offer sheets, average star rating – and look, there's a couple guys on here. Micah Pettis, the big guy out of Alabama, the six-seven offensive lineman. Trey Washington, the cornerback that uh, just committed um, out of Alabama. And then Elijah Sabatini, who is unranked right now. I, I don't know when they're going to get around to ranking him. I wouldn't worry about his ranking. He's a six-one, two hundred pound safety. He can really run. That's all you really need to know. Um, Terrell Buckley, former Jim Thorpe Award winner. Played in the NFL for years, was at Florida State on national championship team. I'll trust his evaluations over me watching film or anybody else watching film. They've also done a really good job with Sabatini, with Pettis, and um, I, I would you could make an argument that uh, that Breedlove was a little under the radar. But these three stars that you know may not may not have a ton of offers, but they fit the frame, the size speed ratio that they're looking for. Pettis. 67320. Randy Clements, Jeff Levy, they they want these big athletic long offensive linemen. They want to be able to move, they want to be able to have length to deal with pass rushers coming off the edge. Um, fits the mold there. Breedlove, Sabatini, DeMarco, all guys 5'11, 6 6 foot, 6 1. Big defensive backs with some size. They're all at least 180 pounds or more. Can really run. I mean, Breedlove was clocked at a four-three-six uh, at a camp here in Nashville a couple weeks ago. So size-speed ratio and frame. The four stars, the five stars, it's all nice. Um, of course, I-, I would love for that to be the case because covering really talented players is fun, and uh, it would make you know our job easier. We'd come on the show and hey, Ole Miss has got the seventh-ranked class in the country. Let's talk recruiting. That you know, that's a lot more fun, right? Sure, of course. Um, but I would say for now, it's July sixteenth. I don't think it's time to panic. And then, you know, we 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 have to still acknowledge the cloud that has finally started to dissipate over the the program. And the NCAA pitched a large tent in Oxford for a very long time, and I think that Ole Miss is finally getting over that. Um, the Hugh Freeze, the Matt Luke eras are over. Lane Kiffin has brought in some some new, um, some fresh air. He's rejuvenated the program. People are excited again. Then COVID happens. So there's a lot of variables, and there's a lot of there are a lot of things at work here that are that are keeping Ole Miss from being successful. Um, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Um, I don't know if it was a fact or fiction, or they were just discussing recruiting, but they. They mentioned Lane Kiffin as a guy who thrives in person and is a much better recruiter when he's in a living room, when he's in front of a prospect. It's hard to to, to get that across on a Zoom call, on a Skype, on a FaceTime. So um, 
if and when they can have in-person visits again, when, when, when Lane Kiffin can get into a living room and can talk to parents, can talk to a prospect, I think things are, are, are definitely going to shift in a positive way. But for now, I wouldn't worry about this class. They're not just going to take bodies. I know that people point to the the other first-year staffs, you know, at uh, Elijah Drinkwitz at Missouri, um, Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Um, you know, I know that there are other schools with first-year coaches, but look at their look at their commitment list. They're they're being a little more liberal with the giving the spots away in their class, and I think that that Ole Miss is being very very selective right now. And like I said, if they're sitting at seven eight commitments in November, then you're going to see some. All right, let's go. Let's start scooping them in. But for now, Neil, I think that I, I'd say not not doing perfectly fine, but not panic. I'm I, we're we're sitting on the fence right now, just kind of uh, kicking our feet and and just waiting and watching right now. Yeah, I, I agree with all that, and, and and I think that's all more than fair. I, I you know, I I feel for all first year staffs. Because if you have a plan and your plan was to be picky and, and, and Kiffin's was, and mm-hmm. your plan was, hey, we're going to get these kids on campus. We've got a different kind of a staff. It's a dynamic staff. We're known as being good recruiters. Uh, you know, Chris Partridge and Blake Gideon and and, and, and uh, the list goes on. Deke Adams and all those guys. They're all known as, as Terrell Buckley. They're all known as, as really good recruiters. If, if your goal is, hey, the way you win in this league and this is what Kiffin believes, I'm told. I've not talked with Lane Kiffin about this. I've not talked with Lane Kiffin about anything. But I'm told he believes, hey, you don't win with a collection of three stars. You win with four- and five-star players. You win with elite players. That's how you win in this league. you got to play LSU. you got to play Alabama and Auburn and Texas A&M and sometimes Florida and Georgia. And, and, and this, is, this is a big boy league, and you win, with, you win in a big boy league with big boys. Um, if that was your plan and you couldn't, now you couldn't get those kids to campus. I I would, I think if you had told Kiffin in January, Hey, listen, Lane, you guys need to know that a dead period is going to begin around March the 15th and it's going to go till the end of the year. He would say, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Dead periods coming March the 15th and it's going to go until the end of the year. We're not going to have an early signing period. We're just going to have a February signing period, and there's no guarantee at all, none, zero, none, that you're going to be able to use official visits whatsoever from March until that signing period. I think his plan would have been completely different. I think they yeah. would have. I think they would have scrambled and said, "Okay, well, let's 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 really reevaluate some of these guys more locally. Let's let's uh, let's go ahead and lock up a solid class, not a great one, but a solid one." And we'll 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 change course down the road when whatever this is ends. Of course, that's not how it worked. The COVID thing sort of sprung people pretty quickly, and the dead period, you know. And even when it happened, if you remember, it was like, "Hey, man, this thing's going to last at least thirty days." <laughs> and here we are, a hundred a hundred and fifty days later, and and it's threatening high school seasons. It's threatening the college season. Uh, there's there's no end in sight for the recruiting dead period. I mean, if you told me today, Zach, that uh, there is a college season, whether it's an eight-game conference only or whether it's ten games, whether it's nine, whatever it is. If you told me that that exists, I would tell you that that there will be no in-person recruiting that that exists with that. That that the facilities 
will be closed. They won't bring in outsiders. It'll be really locked down, strict protocols, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so, you know, the amount of in-person recruiting between now and, I don't know, Thanksgiving, in my opinion, is going to be negligible at best. Yeah. Um, and to your point, like you were saying about they were being selective, and then also we've talked about it, Kiffin and his staff, they want to recruit nationally, and they want to they want to go after, like you said, he, he knows he has to have five and four stars to win. Um, but I want to touch on that. You know, in the 2020 class, they were very selective in the short amount of time that they had to close in that class. Um, they turned away some guys that were committed already to the previous staff. They could have taken them. They could have taken them. They could have had, you know, um, bodies on the roster. You know, I think that they realize that, as we discuss on here, plenty quality depth. It's got to be SEC caliber players. You can't just take somebody just to take them, especially if they were committed to the to the previous staff. And no disrespect to those guys, but if this current staff doesn't, you know, value them or evaluate them as high, then it's it's disingenuous for them to to take their commitment and let them sign. So they were very selective. They essentially pinpointed uh, a couple guys. I know that Kiffin's first guy he went was went and went to see was Jack Brown from Horn Lake. They made sure to to keep him. Um, Kentrell Bullock, who decommitted for a little bit, they reeled him back in. And then you had guys like Derek Bermudez. They went and got they uh, essentially flipped Mark Britt. From Florida, Henry Parrish, they held on to him. Demon Clowney, they went and got him out of Maryland. Um, they were picking and choosing where they were going. Um, I think they got they uh, ended up with a good piece, I think a good project with Brady Ward. I know that um, we talked about him uh, around signing day. Again, fits the frame that they want, Neil. 6'7", 300-pound lineman. I know that... Um, they want to get him on campus, get him in shape, and, and see what they could do with him because you can't teach 6-7. So, um, again, just to kind of close on, on this topic, I think that, look, Lane's been at Southern Cal. He, he's been under a guy like Pete Carroll who recruited lights out it for the Trojans. He's been in Tuscaloosa with Nick Saban, and we know what Nick Saban's done. He's had the number one recruiting class something ridiculous like 12 years in a row at Alabama, and then he's consistently top five, top 10 every single year. He knows what he's doing. Lane has learned from those two guys, and he's implementing that with his staff. He's um, you know, a guy that we failed to mention earlier, Neil, Devin Bush um, on the staff as well. That's why you hire those guys. That's, you, you hire Devin Bush. You hire Chris Partridge. You get Deke Adams, Terrell Buckley, um, you know, DJ Durkin, you hire those guys because you want to get four stars and, and, and get those five stars every now and then consistently. And um, look, COVID threw a wrench into things. Once everything gets back to some semblance of normalcy, I think that we're going to see an uptick. Yeah, I, I think I do too. I just kind of wonder when that's going to be, like like everybody yeah. else does, you know? I mean, I, <laughs> no one knows. And so it, it, it could. It could absolutely, that's why I've been telling people and it bothers people and I understand why because people talk about it's an excuse, it's a whatever. I get it. I understand that sentiment. I understand all the emotion right now. I understand all the frustration. I completely understand it. I, I think I think realistically you've got to take this particular year and just throw it to the side. I, 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 you, you get whatever you can out of it, 
But if you as a fan are judging a recruiting effort, I think you have to wait another year now. Well, Neil, we talked about it on the phone the other day, and I believe you agreed with me when we were discussing it. But look, this is not – look, people are going to take it as that, but it's it, this is not what this is. It's not an excuse. This isn't some free pass. If this dead period continues all the way through December and they don't have an early signing period and, God forbid, there's no college football, this is year zero for Lane Kiffin. Yeah. That would just be insane yeah. to use this against him. Completely agree. Completely agree. Like I, year, and year zero for Mike Leach. Year zero for Eli- yeah. Eliah Drinkwitz. Year zero for Sam Pittman. Uh, you can't judge guys on that. You just can't. It's not fair. You, you can't. You can do all the yes, sir, and all that stuff, and you can pick on Leach and the pirate thing, and I'm sure there's something with Drinkwitz, although he's proven to be a pretty funny guy. Um, you, 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 you can. <laughs> he, made, he made a joke about saving it. He day. did. It was, it, it was really funny. Um, you can do whatever. Yeah, he, he had. He kind of took shots at everybody in one press conference, and I was like, yes. <laughs> he took shots at uh, at at Trump and at the uh, Corona Brothers. Corona Bros. He took shots at everybody, and he was like, "This Corona is bros. this is great." I was laughing, but oh. I mean, you, but you can't judge that. They, they, they can't. If you recruiting is an in person thing. Mm-hmm. Recruiting is an in person thing. I've used this analogy all the time. Take the football out of it because that's emotional for people. Okay. When a kid, just a kid who's going to go into engineering or business, is down to three schools. What ultimately makes that decision most of the time, well, two things, it's really similar. One is money makes the decision. And two, the other thing that makes the decision is what he or she feels like when he or she is on the campus. They'll go to three campuses. They'll go visit you know, Auburn and South Carolina and Georgia. And they'll pick Georgia for whatever reason. And ultimately, you'll say, what was it about Georgia that you liked? And it's just, I don't know, it just felt right. It just kind of felt like home. I just kind of liked it. It's the same thing with football. So if you don't have that advantage, you've never been able to bring those kids to your campus. You're recruiting these four- and five-star kind of players, and they've never been to your campus. You're not going to get them. You're just not going to get them. I don't care how hard you recruit, how well you recruit. You're not going to get them if if it comes down to Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Alabama. And the kid's been to Alabama, and the kid's been to Tennessee, and he's met with those coaches in person. He's not coming to Ole Miss. And when you say, why not? Why not Ole Miss? His answer will be some variation of, I just didn't get to see it. I don't know. It was a lot of unknown. It's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And and, and That's a fair answer. Yeah. Look, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of knowns for the Alabama football program. Of course. Whether you like Alabama or not, whether you agree with how Saban and them do it, quote unquote, they win national titles. They put dudes in the NFL. They win a lot of football games. But they've been recruiting these elite kids for three years, Zach. They've gotten these kids on their yeah. campus for years. They have in-person relationships. Those kids have been to Tuscaloosa. They've been in the locker room. They've been in the facilities. They they know what it looks like, what it feels like. They're, they've been there. They've done it. This staff, I, there was a, a question in my mailbag yesterday, and I, I hope I didn't come across like a smartass because I didn't mean to. But the question was, how are the practices different with this group? They haven't had one. I can't tell you how their practices are going to look like. I've not ever seen a Lane Kiffin, DJ Durkin, Chris Partridge um, practice. I don't know what it's going to look like. No clue. Hell, they might not know what it's going to look like. 
But if I don't know what it looks like as someone who covers the team, and they probably don't know what it looks like as the people that are actually running the program, how the hell is a 17, 16, 17-year-old kid supposed to know, hey, well, here's what an Ole Miss practice feels like. They know what an Alabama practice feels like. They've been. They, they, they know what a UT practice feels like. They've been. They, they've seen that coaching staff run a practice. They kind of know. Ole Miss can tell them, well, here's what we're going to do. But Andy Kennedy uh, always used to say men are visual learners. He's probably right. You got to see it. And if you can't see it, it's just hard to make that call. All right, let's talk about some guys that are going to make decisions and one guy that, that, that already has. Uh, we'll start with the guy that already has. Trey Washington committed to Ole Miss a little earlier this week. He is a defensive back from Hewitt Trustful, which is right outside of Birmingham. Um, mm-hmm. Tell Good me what – Yeah, it's a great program. Uh, when we were living in Birmingham early in our marriage, when we thought we might stay in Birmingham, we were going to move to Trustful so that our kids could go to those schools. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with that area. So um, what do you know about Washington? I think this is uh, this is another one of those really good evaluations, and you know, talking about looking at the offers here, um, Louisville, Maryland, uh, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt. Um, these are staffs that know how to identify talent. Um, I mean, the two that jump out to me: Louisville, Brian Brown, the uh, former Ole Miss Rebel, who was the very, very successful defensive coordinator at App State, who is now at Louisville. He knows how to evaluate. And then Maryland, Mike uh, Loxley, the head coach there, was uh, you know worked under Saban, knows how to um, locate, evaluate, and to sign talent as well. So those are the two offers that jumped out to me where I was like, okay, this this kid can play. Uh, looking at the film, he, very versatile athlete, played some receiver for the Huskies as well, but um, 5'11", 185, he probably walks around at about 195. Um, very fluid, very uh, very talented defensive back. He, um, I think he plays bigger than 5'11", um, really athletic, can really jump. Um, really good on, the, on an island, but I think that they could move him around. I think he could be a slot corner. He could uh, be a boundary or a field corner. I think this is a, this is a really good pickup for Terrell Buckley. And, um, again, like I said, the offer sheet was starting to grow and Ole Miss was able to get in there and secure a commitment from him. So, uh, another Alabama commitment joins Micah Pettis, um, as the other, uh, Yellowhammer guy in this, uh, in this 2021 class. But I I like what, what Washington brings another good size, good frame and guy that can really run. That's going to play, uh, in the secondary at Ole Miss. We'll talk about another Birmingham product in a minute. First, I want to tell you this uh, podcast is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. I know Zach is a fan of LB's. I'm a huge fan of LB's. It's uh, 662-259-2999 is the number. They're located at 2008 University Avenue in Oxford, across the street from Kroger. And while Kroger is a zoo, LB's isn't. You slide into the parking lot, you walk in, you got to wear your mask, but that's okay. You go in and you... uh, Greg and the people there at LB's take great care of you. If you'd rather call and place your order and have it ready to go, you can do that. Or you can do what I like to do, and that's go in and browse. They've got uh, fresh-cut, prime, boneless ribeyes. They've got the bone-in ribeyes. They've got the Denver steaks, lots of sausages. They've got the uh, the Lane Train bacon wrap filet specials. 
chicken, pork, fresh uh, seafood from the Gulf. It's all there. It's all great. The jalapeno poppers are uh, my guilty pleasure. They have the stuffed mushrooms, which are uh, the guilty pleasure of some other people that live in my house. Uh, they, they are fantastic. Everything you have, they have their plate lunches, uh, the meatloaf, the hash brown casserole. I get hungry just thinking about it. It's uh, it's a great, great place in Oxford. Shop local when you're here. If you live here and you're not going to LB's, something's wrong with you. But if you're coming up, you're coming in for uh, hopefully a football game or whatever the case may be, make LB's a part of your next trip to Oxford. Again, that number is 662-259-2999. Again, right across from Kroger on uh, University Avenue. In Oxford. All right, so uh, Malachi Bennett, who is from Fairfield, Alabama, he is expected to make an announcement about this time next week, I think, something like that. Um, what do you expect? So this one uh, th- this one got, got fun real quick. Um, so kind of taking a step back here. So Adonna Mitchell was committed to Ole Miss, uh, chose the Rebels over LSU in Georgia. Um, so he's got, he's got quite the – precarious situation neil so uh i i don't know if it was because he was held back when he was younger or what but uh he is uh he is too old to play uh his senior year at cane ridge here in nashville so um essentially what mitchell did was reclassify to 2021 and he was going to use this year as just a way for him to uh train and just get ready for college and um, when he committed to Ole Miss, I think me and you discussed it. I thought that that was an ad- admirable, pretty mature thing to do. Um, if he didn't personally feel like he was ready to go to college, you know, enroll early, whatever, um, then he just said, you know, hey, I-, I think Ole Miss and some other schools were approaching him about just, hey, just go ahead and enroll, and we'll get you in the system. We'll get you, work, you know, working out. And he decided against it. Um, so he uh, flipped to Georgia earlier this week. Um Still don't know what his plans are. So Ole Miss is is now trying to replace uh, Mitchell in their 2021 class with another receiver, and uh, Malachi Bennett um, is someone that they have uh, they have their sights on. Uh, another long, um, rangy type receiver um, for Fairfield, Alabama, 6'2", 185. Uh, when I started watching the film on him last night, I got a lot of Demarcus Lodge, Vince Sanders vibes with him. Um, very, uh, the wingspan, I don't know what his wingspan is, but it looks, it looks like it's huge. Um, one-on-one situations, he's winning jump balls, um, can really run. They, they move him around a lot. They, they line him up in the slot out, out wide. They line him up at quarterback sometimes just to kind of get the ball in his hands. Really athletic. Um, another five, seven, three star, um, South Carolina is going to be the main competition. Um, I talked to some some folks last night. They thought the Gamecocks were were kind of sitting pretty uh, right when he announced that he had moved his commitment date up. I talked um, to a uh, South Carolina person who said there was a booster. I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, Anna Barry, Anna Barry had uh, had made <laughs> yeah. quite a payment to uh, <laughs> to to uh, Mr. Bennett. In hopes yeah. that he could, that she, I believe it's a she, could steer him to uh, to Columbia. Just breaking okay. news. That's kind of weird. It sounds kind of like my wife's name, and you know we were driving. What's your, what's your wife's name? 
coming back from the beach. It's Anna. Anna. Anna Berry. That yeah, that name sounds, sounds familiar, like but I can't. Okay. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put that on her. Yeah, we did drive back through Birmingham coming back from the beach. So maybe when I, you know, stopped to pump some gas and get some sunflower seeds, she might have some, uh, man, I pushed a Venmo or something through. But unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, just can't. You know, come on. Um, but uh, Bobby Bentley has uh, been recruiting him. Um, if only Ole Miss had a catfish mascot that could compete with cocky, things would be different. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Now that's now Neil. There's your fluffy mascot that you love. Cocky is great. Cocky's awesome. I love it. It's it's great when he's on the sideline. And he takes his beak and he like turns it completely sideways. Like that's unbelievable. That's 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 fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I talked I talked to some South Carolina folks last night. They said that um. You know, right after he he announced he was going to commit in August, he said he's going to do it next Friday, so the twenty fourth. Um, he even tweeted out a graphic that South Carolina had sent him. So I think all signs pointed to him picking the Gamecocks. And then uh, this morning, I talked to those same folks, talked to some Ole Miss people, and they think that uh, Derek Nix and um, and Ole Miss have kind of uh, shifted things. And uh, I switched my future cast this morning after talking with some people. Ole Miss feels very confident right now with Malachi. Um, there are some other, uh, I did see uh, Trent Smallwood uh, covers UGA Sports, um, or I should say, covers recruiting at UGAsports.com, Georgia's rival site. Um, Georgia was in the mix here as well. They have offered Malachi. Um, so I think that things are slowly shifting um, in the Rebels' favor right now. But, Neil, as you know, a week is an eternity in recruiting. So things can, can change uh by the time this this podcast is published, so who knows? But I think right now Ole Miss feels very good about about uh, Mr. Bennett, and um, if they are to secure a commitment from him next week, I, I, I would be uh, if I was an Ole Miss fan, I'd be excited because he's 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 a lot of fun on tape. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a good one in college wherever he goes. Boy, I feel sorry for the people around Anaberry when if that if that happens because that's Man. wow. All right, last thing. Um, we, we, we've stayed mostly away from COVID for the most part. I think we have to touch it just real quick for about five minutes or less. Tennessee hasn't committed to a football season. Louisiana has not committed to a football season. Texas has not committed to a football season, a high school football season, I should say. Mississippi has, uh, at least for this, to this point. It's backed it up two weeks. They're going to start practice August the 17th. Games begin on uh, Friday, September the 4th. I think it's a brilliant call by Mississippi. I got to give them a lot of credit. I, I think, hey, we're going to back mm-hmm. up. We're going to we're going to get out of this all the pressure to do a lot of stuff now. Let some things cool down a little. Um, going to give you two and a half weeks to practice to get ready. It's not going to be perfect, but you know what? There is no perfect this year. That's not perfect. Is not on the menu, right? Um, so it's good enough. Uh, we'll just take those two games and, and cancel them. We're not going to try to make them up playoffs as as regular and in an attempt to get normal. And I can tell you that uh, for, in my house, at least, that was met with with a tremendous sense of relief. But I I do have to ask this question since you're in one of the states that is impacted. If there is no high school season, how, how much does this impact young people that are trying to earn college scholarships? Do they have enough film? from sophomore and junior years for schools to make decisions or will a lot of guys fall through the cracks? Well, I think the short answer is there will be those that fall through the cracks because 
with no camps, uh, with no senior season for guys, um, you know, there's a ton of, it's hard to evaluate everyone. I mean, I, I was, when I was at the Elite 11 competition here a couple weeks ago, I was talking with Woody Womack about that and how it's just, there's so many high schools, there's so many recruits out there. You can't get them all because if they don't come to camps, you can't see them and it's hard to watch film on everybody. So now if there are, you know, 10, 10 plus games uh, that aren't on film, it's going to be, you know, close to impossible to, to see everybody. So there's going to be those that fall through the cracks, but you know, with, with social media and uh, you know, young kids are savvy with that now. And I mean, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok. I mean, there's everything that you can utilize um, to get your name out there and to, to show some film and, You've seen it on Twitter. I mean, these you know current college players and high school prospects have been posting stuff. They've been working out at facilities like D1 in Jackson with Mike Espy and Shea Hodge. They've been with you know David Morris and quarterback country. They've been out there working out. Um, they're going to have to do a lot more of that, especially the guys that don't have scholarship offers. They're going to have to be extremely vigilant with you know, using social media, using email, using text, calls, Skype, everything. They're going to have to really, really, really put in the work to get their names out there. Um, like I, Tennessee is, it, it, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. We received an email for, uh, from TWSAA, um, you know, just about officials. And so right now the tentative plan, um, so the board of control is meeting uh, next Wednesday and then they're going to decide, you know, and, and everything is also dictated by the governor and the executive order that's that's right now is through August 29th. Um, I think right now they're anticipating the season not starting until the 18th of September, which, Neil, is per- great. Yeah, it's fine. I, I just want the that's kids. That's perfect. I, I just want the kids to have a season. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm on I'm on this. I, I've. I've I've, I know I've been active on Twitter, and a lot of people are like, "Hey, what's your deal?" I'm I'm I'm, tr- I'm advocating for kids more than anything. I'm advocating. What, is, I'm what ad- is that? An opinion? Get out of here! I'm advocating for kids. What I really want is is very simple: is don't do this online thing, and don't cancel their season. If you have to push their season back a month, push it back a month. Again, perfect is not on the menu. It's not going to happen this year. There's no perfect. It's not going to look and feel like it did in the past. It's not going to be exactly like it's been. It's okay. It, I mean, it's not great, but it's okay. But let's do everything we can for these kids to have a season. For the kids who, who, who have an opportunity to showcase some ability, let's give them that chance. For the kids who it's just the last time they'll ever play football, mm-hmm. let's, let's give them that opportunity. I want the marching band to have an opportunity to play. I do. I, I, I've, I've, I'm going to get off my soapbox because luckily for everyone, I'm running out of time. But I watch, I don't know a lot of people in Oxford. I really don't. And I go to the Oxford high school games the last three years and I sit with Laura and she talks to people that she knows and I don't know them. And so I just stare at the kids and I I don't really watch a lot of the football because it's high school football and sometimes I I find it kind of boring. But I I watch enough of it and then I I catch my my eyes wandering and especially at the halftime stuff when I'm waiting for the Chargerettes to do their routine. I watch the kids in the band. And the Oxford high school band's okay, it's fine. But there's always some kid on the drum line who you can tell, man, that's his thing. That's his thing. And there's always some girl on the clarinet line or whatever, and you can tell that that's her thing, man. 
that's her deal. That's her place. Those are her people. That's her spot. That's that's her happy place. That's her, her show. That's her showcase. You can get a scholarship to march in the band too. Yeah, but it's not even about that. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah, right. I, 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 get you. I don't mean to belittle that whatsoever. You're exactly right. But but in that moment for her, that's her spot. And 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 life like the, the the starting quarterback at all these schools. I'm not worried about him. He's gonna be all right. He, he, his life's probably pretty good. He just that, those you don't get to that place typically unless you kind of have a lot going for you. And and, and it's it's gonna be okay. I worry about the other kids. I worry about that sophomore tuba player who schools kind of sucks and maybe his home life kind of sucks and and doesn't have a lot of friends and he's sure not walking through the hall saying, What's up, ladies? And I mean, you know what I mean? I mean he's not it's not working like that for him yet. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. but 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 he's good on that tuba. And he's moved up to the second chair, and the number one chair is gonna be a senior, and he's going, I'm gonna be the main tuba guy for two years. And yeah. and in that moment, you know, like in that moment, there's nothing on the field but the but the band. And in that moment, he's like, "This is my showcase. This is my time." And and those are his friends. And they finish, and they go back, and they you know get them a coke or whatever, and they're high five and going, "Hey, you know." And I've seen it. I've watched it. They're like, "Yeah, hey, we were really good tonight." That's awesome. And I've seen it with the Chargerettes. I mean, I've lived that. Lived it. I don't want that taken away from kids. That's all I'm saying. When people go, "Hey, what's your deal?" I mean, do you are you not scared of the virus or whatever? It's not that. It's I want kids to have school. Don't do the online thing. It doesn't work. Just postpone it. Back it up a month if you have to. Back it up two months if you have to. Figure it out. But just I wish people would think about the kids. That's that's all. I want people to think about the kids. I know there's dangers and all that stuff. I get it. But we can't go to a risk averse society. It won't work. I mean, we cannot be one hundred percent risk averse. That will not work in society. It just doesn't work. And so anyway, that's the end of my soapbox. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, looking at it from that perspective, speaking from experience, Neil, as a kid who didn't play in college, didn't play sports in college. Yeah. I mean, that last, that senior year, that last game, that, that, that's a, that's a hard thing where it's like, all right, well, that's it. Yeah. No more. Like I'm done. So yeah, you want those, you want those guys to play. But it was fun that year being a senior. It was fun. It was fun being a senior and you got to be a captain on the last day and, uh, you know all of that stuff, and you got to be at the front of the warm-up lines, and 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 you know the last practice, and yeah. and all of those things. Those were those were cool things, and so you know those are experiences that that young men get that you know they take them for granted in the moment, but those are memories that that we all have, and and I, I want that for today's seniors, and I want you know all that stuff. So anyway, all right, we'll, we'll stop there. We'll come back next week. We'll uh, maybe we'll we'll know more about Malachi Bennett. Maybe we'll know more about where the whole COVID thing stands today. I saw Illinois, University of Illinois just issued a um, kind of some some uh, guidelines for their season, which made it sound like they're planning to have a season. No tailgating on campus, 20% capacity in the stadium, but but it sounds like they are at least planning for a stadium and for a, a season, and right now I'd take it. So uh, anyway, we'll know more in a week. Again, deadsoxy.com. Promo code Rebel Grove, 30% off. For uh, Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. We'll be back with another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast next week. But until then, take care.